As we look back on and celebrate the life of Jeff Dickerson today on ESPN 1000, please consider making a donation at the GoFundMe page for Parker's Fund. Carmen Waddle, Sylvie, uh, here till one. Yurko is uh, down in Florida. Um, I think he's going to check in in a little bit, talk about J.D., uh, Mac was on the station earlier today with Jesse and Meller. They did a great job this morning, and Mac was really good talking about uh, his relationship with Jeff. I mean, Mac brought him over here as a, as a young producer. Look at uh, all the things that Jeff would go on to accomplish. Um, I mean, radio, TV, national radio, Bears beat, writer, uh, all of it. You know, like he did all the things that you'd want to do in this business as a reporter. He covered Super Bowls, Final Fours. And he was so, only 44. 44 and he years did old. all that in, in 44 it, years. Yeah. I mean, like, he, he was great at it. Did it all. He was so good. I mean, the ABC7 team loved him. All the yeah. producers, Mike and Jason and, and Larry, and obviously Mark Greco and Dion and Jim Rose and, and Cheverini. Cheverini. He's going to come in in an hour. Everybody, you know. I mean, yeah. I had to turn. I, listen, I thought Jesse and Jeff did a wonderful job today, but when Dion came on, and she's one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet in your life, and. She had a great relationship with J.D., and, and when I heard her, I, I mean, I just, it's so difficult. I wrote down, guys. Go ahead, Sylvia. I'm sorry. And to that point, like, the one thing that, like, all these memories keep coming back. Like, you're like, oh, I forgot to say this. Like, and it goes into the Aruba story. It goes into the wine story. It goes into um, the financial planning. J.D. was one of the proudest men I had ever known. Like, yeah. he was very... He was very proud of everything. He was proud of what he did here. He was proud of us. He was proud of Parker, obviously. And then he was proud of all these things that he knew and the knowledge that he had. Like I said, for a 44-year-old to be advising a 50-year-old and knowing way more, I was sitting in the back of of Waddle's car one day when we were driving through Bourbonnet. We picked him up at his hotel or whatever. We are going to the the practice together. And he's – this is – 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and he's telling me about all these retirement funds and all these different funds that he's... Sylvie, Sylvie, you, you, you got to do this, Sylvie. Did he, did he, he probably made you feel like... Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, like I had nothing. Like, right. I, I'm like, um, I am so yeah. far behind I'm screwed. on all of this. But I, I still remember vividly we were driving down that one street with the stop signs by the firehouse yeah. before you got to the main drag. I remember this snapshot... In my moment, like many conversations with J.D. that weren't supposed to be important conversations. The Aruba story, and the, the point that Dion brought up was he was doing this not to boast. We all know that person or people in our life who do this to one-up or to brag. J.D. always did this to share and to inform and whether it was Aruba, you, Sylvie, oh, I'm telling you, you, you got to get back to Aruba. I know you went with an ex, but now you and Allie, you know, you, you, you two are, are together forever. You got to get to Aruba. I, I got some places for you. Sylvie, you know where Caitlin and I went? We went to Pops for Champagne. Every year right around our anniversary, we go to Pops for Champagne. And, and just all the stuff that he knew, he was talking about this to us on Friday. About everything that he had set up, and 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 Dion brought this part up about the Dion's like you got to get your will set up, guys. I know you got to get your guardianship set up. You got to get your trust set up. He's he's giving advice out and he's advising to the very last day. Yeah, yeah. He was telling us on 
Friday. Like so, so and we we talked about it last night a little bit. Me, Waddle, Sylvie, Danny, Zetterman. We got to see him when he was still in pretty good spirits, still very coherent on Christmas Eve, which I am going to be forever Cherish grateful that. for. Me too. And I mean forever, uh, because it went pretty quickly after that, unfortunately. And we laughed, and uh, there were some very serious, somber moments. There's no doubt about it. But, yeah, you're right. He was still kind of, like, advising the Arubas. Like, so J.D. and Caitlin got married about a year before my wife and I did. And when we were thinking about honeymoon, you know, J.D., that's just the way he was. Oh, Carm, I'll give you the resort. It's adults only. It's uh, it's the Bakuti, and this is where you go, and the food on the island is unbelievable, and I'll give you some places. And my wife and I are like, man, J.D. sold us. Like, let's go to Aruba. And he wasn't wrong. Like, we had a great honeymoon. And we had said that at our, for our tenure, uh, we would go back. And we're figuring, you know, when we made that pledge, we're like, we'll, we'll have kids by then and we'll bring our kids. And 2000, uh, December 2019, two years ago, we did. We went back uh, for our 10-year anniversary. We brought our kids. J.D. had been, I don't know, 10 times. I mean, he really had the, yeah, the island wired. Like, he knew it. And so 10 years had passed where I hadn't been. I knew there were a few places that we were definitely going to go. And I was talking to JD about it, like, hey, where else should we go? Give me a list. And in typical JD fashion, boom, 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 here are the places they go. And I remember making a few reservations and like I was picking between two final places. And I said to him, hey, I need to know between Pinchos and wherever else. And he goes, Pinchos, for sure, because of the scenery. He said, get down there, plan it out where you're there at about sunset. Sunset goes quick. You're so close to the equator. He said, get there right about sunset. Pinchos is on this pier. Um, it's like on a floating barge almost. You're out in the water. He said, the scenery, unbelievable. The food's great. That's where you got to go. So I said, all right. Again, JD sold me. Pinchos. And I remember we took a picture. I have it up in, uh, we have it in our bedroom, actually. Me, my wife, my two kids. And the sun is setting in the background. It is like the most, be- it w- and I said to my wife at the time, I said, he's right. I mean, like, this is... And we had never been to that restaurant. The first time we went, we hadn't, we'd not we never been. I said, I'm like, J.D. was right. I mean, like, you cannot beat this. And he... He was I, right about pretty much everything. He was right. right most and, of I, the like, time. And, I, and I remember saying that to her. That night, we're sitting there. I'm like, my God. You know, like, the, the scenery, she, he was right. And I'm glad we picked this place over wherever else we were going to go. And he did it because he genuinely wanted you to experience to enjoy like what, what he, he knew, knew was good and what we were going to like. And, I mean, we could go on and on like this. Did you guys, guys all ever day, get the updates you. on his patio? Like, his, Another thing patio. he was proud of. His that patio fireplace. was like, oh, he would show me the plans. I, I got to show you this. This is the architectural plans out back. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to put furniture over here. I'm going to have fireplace. I'm going to have this. He's, he backed up to a golf course. So the scenery yeah. was, was phenomenal. We would talk about his patio like it was one of the kids. And every detail, every T right? was crossed, every I was dotted. And, 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 and the great word is, is proud. He was proud of it. He didn't do anything half-assed. No. no. He, if it was worth yeah. doing, you were going to get 110% of him yeah. and you were going to get him doing doing it his way and the right way. And we, we've talked about this this meeting um, at, at the hospice. And whenever someone goes into hospice, you never know what you're going to walk into. And right. like I, I said yesterday, the only experience I've ever been in a hospice is when my dad passed. And I was nervous going in. It was a week ago. Was it a week ago? Tomorrow? Yeah. It was Friday. It feels like forever ago. Yeah. Like already. Um, a week ago, Friday, 
and were we all met at the same time, 10 a.m., and you have a very nervous feeling walking down the hallway at Journey Care, and and anyone who's been in it knows what I mean. You don't know what the condition is going to be of the person, and and there, J.D., was to warm you up, to warm you up. Give me hugs, guys. Wearing his slammer shirt yep. that, that Parker plays on the club. And and look, I got my slammer shirt on. And just to tell you all, to share, to, to reminisce. And it, he made us feel. And like I, that last meeting, the last impression, you know, everyone talks about this first impression. Mm. And, and sometimes you have regrets about the last time you saw somebody. Like it could not have in that moment for what it was. I know. I don't know how you guys feel, but could I felt so good walking away of what JD was and the representation of that that was him, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't all there, all there, but he was there. And and he's telling us he feels great. He's like, yeah. guys, I'm, I feel great. No pain, I, I, no pain. I feel great. And I like I, told I am you. glad, like you guys have said, I am glad that is the the last absolutely experience we had with him in person. Sylvia, so you said this last night. I think when we were saying hi to Nick Friedel about, you know, what was created here um, 11, 12 years ago now, 2009, with ESPNChicago.com. Right. Mm-hmm. And J.D. and Nick and Jesse, Roman Madrowski, uh, John Roberts. John, was John Greenberg part of John that? John Greenberg. Greenberg. He's yeah. on the line right now. Yeah. Is John Keith, on the phone? Keith Scarilia. Keith, Keith, Keith. Scarilia, absolutely. John Greenberg, who, of course, at The Athletic now, um, was part of that original crew. Hey, John, how are you hanging in? Uh, you know, it's been it's been difficult, man. And listening to you guys on the radio the past day, you know, it's been really cathartic. You know, to just to listen to everyone talk and laugh. Um, it's been tough. You know, I think it's tough for everyone that you know that knew him. You know, I don't think you could know JD and not love, and not have great stories about him. And like I wrote, we were the four of us, you know, that cover the Bears, um, wrote about something in the Athletic about JD today and our memories. And, you know, that beat is tough. And when oh, yeah. I first joined ESPN Chicago in 2009, it was different than what it is now. And it was a, you know, it could be a bit of a snake pit there. Yeah. But everyone loved JD. <laughs> like, you know, like people had their cliques and their factions. And some people didn't like other people. And it was very obvious. But everyone liked JD. And he, he, he really taught me how Hallis works. And, and you know, I I was new at ESPN when we started the site, so he, you know, really taught me how the station works. I, I think also, John, you know, it's something that Sylvie said yesterday, which is what has resonated so deeply with me, is that he was a role model. Take age out of this, because when you think role models, you think someone who's older and wiser. You right. can find a role model who's younger and wiser, and how he lived his life, and and I and I would focus most on the on the father that he was, and as I said earlier. You guys all have kids, and I believe, John, you have, yeah. you, you know, have a son his age, Parker's age as yeah. well. So the connection that you can make as a father with a child at a similar age and learn from his dedication to Parker and how he handled his situation with grace and dignity going through his journey after Caitlin has, had passed as a single father. Um, and, and he served as a fabulous role model for everyone that's got a child's like Parker's age and how he lived his life and brought Parker, you know, through a very difficult moment. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know how he did it because, you know, as a parent, you realize, you know, you have to step up. Like there's no excuses. There's no feeling sorry. I mean, you can feel sorry for yourself, but you know, you're responsible for another life. 
And, you know, the Parker thing is great. I refer to it in my story as his, like, Bunyan-esque tales of, <laughs> of Parker's athleticism. That's right. You know, we're, a few years ago, we were at a, uh, a field, I think, it was in Vernon Hills, and I figured J.D.'s son had played there. My son's team was there. And my son's not. He, he tried hard, but he's not, he's not a, uh, a Parker Dickerson-level <laughs> athlete. So I was like, you know, J.D., we're at this field. What did, what did Parker do here? How many homers did he hit? He, gets, he just texts back immediately, like, oh, yeah, he put one on the road. <laughs> 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 the road goes right behind. He's so the proud of it yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, he was so proud of it, but like not in the con. You know, no, the, yeah, just like I genuinely know. proud of it. He's like, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, and, and I think the thing you guys have talked about with him, and and we know is how funny he was. Yeah, and like the the really memories I have of him is just honestly his impressions of people, <laughs> and just being at Hallis and being on the road. And, you know, I wrote in my story just, like, I remember the back of a cab ride. <laughs> like, we were going to the airport after the Bears. I was Lovey's last season, and we knew some stuff was going to happen, and he was doing impressions of how things were going to go down. <laughs> and I just, I, I, you know, like, to cover sports, you have to have a sense of humor. And to cover the Bears, you really have to have a sense of humor, yeah. you know, for as long as J.D. did. And you know, we're just thinking about it now, like how meaningless, like, you know, this bear stuff that we've been raving about all year and like how meaningless it is to us, you know, and just because he's so important and the rest of the stuff, you know, just there'll be change and then there'll be more change. And then, you know, I told him when I was, I went to his house um, two Sundays ago, you know, when we found out things, that was right when we all found out things had, had, had gotten worse and I brought him and Parker lunch and we sat there for a while with his friends, and I was just like, you know, JD, when they fired the coach that they're going to hire to replace Nagy, <laughs> and they hire the next guy, I was like, you're going to be back in prime shape. Yeah, you know, you'll be in prime shape, and that'll be in late. And his friends laughed. They're like, that'll be in what two years? <laughs> <laughs> Very bears. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah, I know. His like his attitude through this whole thing is just amazing. John, thanks, bud, um, and be well. Okay. Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks, Thanks, John. Thanks for doing this, guys. Thanks, John. It's our pleasure. There's John Greenberg from The Athletic, and he was part of our crew here and goes uh, many years back with JD2 when they were first starting up ESPNChicago.com back in 2009. Porter Moser is going to call in. Uh, Danny and Schomburg, hold on, Danny. He wanted to share some thoughts, too. I mean, Danny's one of our loyal listeners. And as Merkin said, Danny, uh, every time he calls in and Merk picks up the phone, Danny greets him with the, oh, Uh, Merk, which is just our favorite drop that'll never go away, our favorite JD drop. Um, So we will talk to Porter Moser coming up. Uh, Don't forget about Parker's Fund on GoFundMe, and we've all posted it on our social media, so you can find it there. We'll be right back. Oh, Merck. ESPN 1000 remembers Jeff Dickerson. Join us all day for a celebration of our beloved teammate. We're laughing a lot, which is good, telling stories about JD, because he was just unbelievable. It, it hurts, though, man. Um... And last night after we got off the air, Carmen Waddle Sylvie uh, with everybody right now on ESPN 1000. When we got off the air last night, uh, you know, I, I was talking to my wife a little bit. We, we just and we I, we've all sort of said the same thing. Like, we can't believe this. Right. I mean, like how? And what really started getting to me was I was scrolling through. I, I finally had posted something on Twitter and then I was scrolling through and Merck, um, Randy Merck and put up a picture. Um, now I'm going to get emotional from sorry. <laughs> from uh, September and September 24th, uh, I'm sorry, September 24th, and I said, uh, and I showed Karen, I said, look at this. 
I said, this is September. I showed her the picture of Mason and JD when we were in Tampa. Um, we were in Tampa nine weeks ago, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, nine weeks ago, we were in Tampa. And um, JD was supposed to have dinner with us, with me, Sylvie, Danny, and the boys. His flight got delayed, so we missed him on Saturday night. I did the show from Tampa Monday morning. So Gio and I, you know, I was still there. Uh, I wasn't on that early flight that Danny and Sylvie were. They got to at least see JD at the airport. And I showed my wife those pictures. I said, this is nine weeks ago. This is September. I said to her, when we saw JD in August at the training camp shows we were doing, we were up in Vernon Hills. JD came by every one of them. I... Weederer brought this up earlier today, too. He lulled us, I think, into some like false sense of security. I, I said to my wife, I can distinctly think back to August saying to myself, J.D. did it. He's beating he it. Beat, yeah. like, he's, he's golden. He's so strong. He looks so good. He's so positive. And I said to myself, there is no way after what's happened to him and Parker that like he's something bad's going to happen to him. I said, there's no way. He's, he's good. That was like five months ago, guys. <laughs> I mean, Karma, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. Can, can I tell you a story I mean, I too? I'm sorry, Merck. Um, when everybody says, you know, what, what, who is, I mean, t- tell me about JD. Like, to your point, he kept this all to himself and wanted to do this in a private manner. I'm just scrolling through and, and I'm, and, Equal parts sad and equal parts happy to see all the pictures he would send me of game-winning touchdown, Parker. Parker. Check out this run. Oh, my God. I mean, it's all just... I told you guys the story last night about who Jeff Dickerson was, was, was summed up for me by watching him at Vaughn McClure, the foundational events at Lincolnshire Marriott in October. He sent me a text. Lord knows how he was feeling. But what J.D. was all about was being there with a beloved colleague who had passed away months and months ago, who he had the ultimate respect for, wanted to do his part for the Vaughn McClure Foundation and was the MC and host of this event. People came in from Bristol all over, all of his ESPN co-workers that would focus on the NFL. And he was hosting. Again, this is, I believe it was October 14th because on Friday, October 15th, he sent me a text. We raised about $44,000 last night. Mm. He was one of the big reasons why they were able to raise $44,000 despite his fight and the adversity he was facing. He was the front person for an event that was honoring his dear friend who had lost his life months and months before. I mean, it just... If you can summarize who Jeff Dickerson was, it was that he lived for others as as much as he lived for himself. Yep. And I was just so convinced, like, up until just a few weeks ago. And I can't get over some of those pictures. You know, that picture of he, he and Mason, Sylvie's son, at the airport, like he, that big smile, so he, and he looks so strong. good. He looks like, strong. Do you look how strong he looks? And it was nine weeks ago. I posted it on my, on my Instagram account. And, and I, I, can't I, I think it. I posted that originally 
uh, from the plane before we took off on Twitter the day that it happened. And I think I was even joking on the show and maybe even in the tweet about, like, it reminded me of when Mean Joe Green in the commercial uh, gets the Coke or whatever it was and, and he tosses the kid the jersey. Like, the exchange, I just, like, watched J.D. and Mason talk. And and J.D. grabbed the... Because Mason's so into this all the sports. And and um, J.D. took his pass. He goes, Mason, you could have this. And, like, like I joked about it on that day, but, like, that's a, now a cherished item that we have in our oh, house. Absolutely. From J.D.'s game at... Uh, it says Jeff Dickerson. My son proudly has that. J.D., um, um, Merck, let me know when Porter... Calls in. I'm going to grab a couple calls. Danny and Schomburg's been waiting patiently. He wanted. Danny's one of the, the you know our longtime listeners. And hey, Danny. Hey guys. Hey guys. I'm really sorry about your loss and uh, what you guys are. What you guys were doing last night. I love just sitting there and listening. Um, Jay, like like Merkin said, every time when I heard that that day, I just <laughs> I got a kick out of it. That was just quintessential. His dry humor, like <laughs> quick one liners. Um, it was just, he just, when people can just dole out those, like, quick one-liners, you, you could tell they're intelli- and they're hilarious. Like, you just know how smart they are. The other thing I'll say is, from a professional level, he was staying in your car radio. I don't care if it was 1130 and he was on Waddle and Sylvie back in the day when you guys did mornings or Car Mirko or 530 at night. I literally, like, I want to get my Bears buzz. I want to get my news. I would sit in the car. I don't care if I had a meeting. I was at home. I was outside a restaurant. Like, people would probably think I was crazy. I would just sit in the car till the hit was over, like, to make sure, oh, I heard J.D., like, because he was that entertaining. And I just, uh, I, I thought about it. I've been listening, I think, all day, every day for, like, 15 years now. Wow. And uh, I'm just going to miss him. Like, I just I, I just feel so bad for his son and uh Obviously, what you guys are going through. So I'm just uh, I'm praying for you guys. And uh, thanks, Danny. I, uh, yeah, he was he was uh, he was awesome, man. You're the best, special. Danny. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it, Danny and Schomburg, who is uh, as loyal as uh, they come around these parts and is always listening. He's right about JD's hits. I mean, you know, you're on the Bears beat, like I said before. It that's it. It's important. And for 16 seasons, JD's covered mm-hmm. the Bears, right? And mm-hmm. On every show, multiple times a week. Because probably the, a, the most... Uh, probably the voice we heard most, right? Yeah, he's probably the guest that we've had on yeah. more than any other person on this radio yep, station. Absolutely. Um, I had mentioned uh, our former program director and, and our friend and another guy I go back 20-something years with, Adam Delavitt, and his brother Scott, who I was texting with a lot last night. Um, and Scotty lives up uh, near JD, and uh, I think Scott's son's maybe a year or two older than Parker, but uh, they had a bond uh, because of youth sports and just the connection that Scott has with all of us here at the radio station. Scott's on the phone too. Hey, Scotty. Hey guys. Um, I am uh, heartbroken. Like you guys are. Um, I'm going to do my best to collect my thoughts or there was just a couple of things I wanted to touch on. Um, so, you know, as you guys know, my initial um, relationship with Jeff was through my brother, Adam many years ago. And then I was fortunate enough to, build a really nice friendship and relationship with JD over the years. Um, he lived in Vernon Hills. I live in Buffalo Grove and, um, my younger son Brody is two years older than Parker. So I would get regular texts from Jeff, um, you know, asking about Brody's games. Where's Brody Brody going to play this sport this season. And obviously telling me all about Parker 
And um, one, one thing that I would do sometimes is I would bash some of the douchey dads that we would come into contact you with. You never. And, and, and I'll tell you guys, Jeff never took the bait. He never engaged in that. As you guys know, all he did was laugh it off. He never wanted to go there. He just always wanted to keep it positive. Whether he knew I was right or not, he would just laugh and just we'd move on to the next subject. Um, and uh, last week, um, I was vacationing in Florida when Adam, you know, told me about Jeff. And um, I called him and uh, I didn't expect him to pick up. I thought for sure he would not pick up. And he picked up, and uh, I said to him, I said, you know, I don't know what to say, Jeff. And, uh, you know, I started in, and then there was a little bit of a pause, a silence, and he said to me, he said, Scott, he said, I'm feeling better every day. He goes, Scott, he goes, I feel really good today. And he said to me, he said, isn't that all that matters? And I said, yes, Jeff, that's all that matters. And... uh, you know, I just wanted to make the point that, you know, here I was calling Jeff, you know, to offer, you know, some love and support and be there as a good friend. And he gave to me, yeah, he I know. gave me the gift of, he gave me the gift of picking up the phone and, you know, giving me that one final, it turned out to be the one final conversation that we would ever have. And like I said, I thought for sure he wouldn't pick up the phone and, yeah. You know, I'm telling you guys, I'm so grateful that he did. And, um, you know, he gave me he gave me that, you know, if, if that if that summarizes the type of guy that Jeff is, I was calling to be there for him. He was giving to me. And yeah, um, he, he kept telling us, you're right, that he over and over. I feel I feel great. I feel great. And making us like putting us at ease. It was, it's unbelievable. Scotty, thanks for so, calling and sharing, buddy. All right, all right. Guys, take care, guys. Be, be well, Scott. And and Scott's brother, Adam Delvit, uh, who's our for, former program director and goes back 20 years with jd he's going to call in in about an hour or so uh oklahoma basketball uh men's basketball head coach porter moser is on the phone right now of course and all the great things that he did at loyola and jd for a number of years um called loyola games and really uh even though let's face it illini all the way for jd i mean he really took a a a deep passionate appreciation and love towards and parker too towards rambler basketball i mean he really like we said that was jd just he like when he was going to do something he was going to do it and he did it right and he really got to love loyola basketball and porter joins us now it's carmen waddle sylvie coach thanks um you know it's to say it's tough is beyond an understatement it's it's so hard we're trying to do our best to remember all the great moments we had with jd all the stories the road trips the the shows together the the fun times it's it's like the only thing we can do to not just be crushed i guess um but uh, we're we're appreciative that you wanted to call in and talk about jd a little bit today no thanks for having me i just i share with all chicagoans the heartbreak over losing a friend i mean over losing somebody who you know impacted you and you know you you you, you know it's not about the wins or losses is, is, or the how much money you make in life it's about who you impact and you know, J.D. impacted everybody who came across. His positivity, his smile, the way he handled it, the way he, you know, you never felt that you were just in a conversation with you. You felt that he was locked in listening to what you were saying. You know, he was, he, he cared about what you're saying. And just, so I share the heartbreak and appreciate you having me on and so I can be one of many people, you know, sharing what kind of person he is. Uh, Coach, 
the one thing that Carmen said resonates with me. And, and I brought up earlier how proud J.D. is, proud of the stuff, wanting to share in his life with other people. And this is before you're making runs to the Final Four. I mean, yep. he would say, Sylvie, Loyola, got Loyola today. He, and he was an Illinois guy, but as soon as he started doing your games, he was a Loyola guy. 100%. I got chills thinking about it. So how we did it, with, like what you do with the, the guys who are doing the game is like if, if let's say it was a seven o'clock game at like five thirty, they'd come up to my office and I'd give them a little, you know, just a, a, a recap of what to look for. What's the, you know, about the other team. So he'd come up, I mean, um, to the office with whoever you're doing the game with. And he always walked in, even when we blew, you know, even before we started turning it, we, blow, we were, we, we blew. And he'd walk in there with a bouncy stuff, like, hey, I like what we're doing. I like that. He, like, he was almost just, like, telling him. He was, like, firing me up. And, like, like talking about getting ready for the game. And, and uh, you know, it was funny because I started wearing um, – because I'd always stop my foot, you know, earlier in my career. And my heels would ache like hell. And I went to these Cole Hans with the rubber sole. And all the coaching professions, like, all of a sudden went to it. And everybody, like, in our coaching circles always says, man, Porter started doing it because I wore him in the Final Four and everything. J.D. is the first one to do it, man. He walked in my office and like, damn, where'd you get those shoes? I'm like, oh, Porter, these are the best, man. The rubber sole, you can get them in different so colors. And him, and Cap, him and Cap, man. Him and Cap. Cap did the same thing. Oh, those two God. guys wore those shoes. And, but J.D. would always just head it that way to make you feel better. The, the, what he, he's always smiling. And um, just just crushing, you know, this this news. Yeah, Coach. I think in, in in some ways you can measure the success of one man's or woman's life based on the impact they've had on others, and the impact he's had on his eleven year old son is is remarkable. And I know, I know that he shared his pride in his son with you, and probably you could feel it from him and 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 see it on full display at times as well. Oh. I mean, the strength as a parent Jeff Dickerson had should – everybody's got to take it away as a parent. Um, when, when Parker, uh, when his mother passed, I remember him bringing up to practices. Um, we told him – he brought him to our camp. Uh, Jeff brought, would, every day would bring him up to our camp, and he'd go to our summer camp and our guys, and we had him at practices and shoot-around. And, and Jeff's strength during that time – I can't even tell you how much respect as a father I had for him for the, the, how strong he was uh, at the adversity. He lost his partner, and then he lost his son's mom. And the strength he showed um, to his son Parker is unmatched by anybody I've ever seen have a loss like that. Um, and we saw it on full display on him bringing him to camp, him bringing him to shoot-arounds, him bringing him on the bench, and just how he was with him. And, and then he was so proud. Uh, I remember this vividly. We walked in. Parker was on, a, I think, a baseball team or a football team that was really advancing. He played all the sports, and he was advancing and doing really well. And he'd come in there, and it'd be like 5.30. We had like 10 minutes to talk about the team. And we'd talk about Parker like the first eight. <laughs> and he'd be like, hey, they're winning. They're, win- they're doing this. He, he was so proud of how, like, his ton, what he's doing. And he's giving me updates. And he's like, oh, yeah, how's Valpo? so i was in the same boat with him and i was i was interested to hear how parker was doing that's so great he really reveled in the success that you guys had there in these last handful of years too coach i mean and i'm sure you know that and you felt it but he really did no i I felt it 
um, some of the passionate text messages I was rereading, um, yeah. you know, last night, and uh, just sincere. It, it, it was yeah. it was a sincere message. He was sincere about like how much he loved because he loved Chicago. He loved Chicago sports, and he one hundred percent loved the Illini. But he was sincere on loving what we were doing and how we were doing things at Loyola. Yeah, for and, sure. and how about his professionalism as well, Coach? Because we, I think we've entered into a day or an era where some of that is lost at times. But the relationship that Jeff Dickerson had with players, with coaches, regardless of the sport, was something that was, was very admirable and something that, that I know everyone was very proud of. 100%. And, you know, like uh, a coaching thing we used to always say when you're a young coach coming up, they're like, a player respects the preparation of a coach. He knows if you're prepared for practice, prepared for your opponent. Well, it's kind of like that with coaches with the media. You know, you can respect the media that, that they really are prepared. They're like they know. And Jeff was so prepared. He knew all the guys, what their tendencies, what they did, what they did the last couple games, where they were at. And you could just tell. So you, you could be joking around about, you know, what's going on in, the, in our personal lives. And then he could then, all right, let's talk about Randall basketball. All right. Uh, Cameron Crutway, man, he's he's made ten out of his last eleven left hooks. Like he hmm. was he was prepared, and he was fair. He was prepared. He was, um, and he just had a energy about the way he said his broadcast or his news. Coach, continued success to you. Um, I know the Rambler fans miss you. We miss you here, but thanks for doing this and calling in and remembering JD. Okay, I appreciate you having me on. You know my heart's. I will always be a Chicagoan, and he was one of the best. So all my prayers to him and his family and Parker and all you guys, too. So thanks for having me on today. Thanks, Thank Coach. Thanks, There's Porter Moser uh, at Oklahoma. Remember, Parker's Fund on GoFundMe. You can buy our, – our guys at Obvious Shirts are – the. I mean, they're the best. Uh, you know, it, the shirts they made for us for Tampa, um, which right. were great, and the Sylvie Strong, and they've made shirts. $45,000 we raised for the V Foundation. Unbelievable. They've made, shirts. they've made shirts for um, JD, so you can go to Obvious Shirts and, and look at those and buy one of those in Parker's Fund uh, on the GoFundMe page, which we've all tweeted about, so uh, and, and put on our socially, so you can go there, too. We'll be right back. As we look back on and celebrate the life of Jeff Dickerson today on ESPN 1000, please consider making a donation at the GoFundMe page for Parker's Fund. All right, J.D., well, uh, go check out that uh, the uh, media spread that they're going to offer up at SoFi Stadium and uh, report back to us uh, later on tomorrow. I'm sure we'll be hearing plenty from you uh, on ESPN 1000. Jeff, here's the beauty of this. Yes. Already scouted it out. Filet uh-huh. mignon fajitas. <gasps> Just saying. Oh, I mean, so yeah, it's not like the meatball sandwiches we get at Soldier Field. For real. <laughs> but, I mean, and they have co- they have packaged, prepackaged cop salad. Stop they have like it. A, like a variety of things. You know what? I'm going to snap a picture and send to you guys. Yeah. Please. Okay. I'm not, yes. I, I, that's Tweet it out, JD. Thing. I'm not trying to step on Ross's feet. He loves the, the media meals across the country. But if you saw what they have here... <laughs> JD, tweet it out. Uh, we will retweet you and tag Rob Domofsky as well. Oh, I yeah. can't. I can't. No, I've lost, uh, Ross Tucker will get mad at me. He has more right. of the market. On Listen, the, it's your uh, first time there. I think. Dining experiences from coast to coast. Mm-hmm. But I will I'm... text Rob privately to see where his level of agitation is at on a scale of 1 to 10. Usually on a good day, he's at a 7. Today, <laughs> I'm going to guess he's probably at about a 13 or 14. It was JD week one, right, at SoFi? With Dion and, and Jeff on the pregame yeah. show, with Mellor and Dion, and Dion called in earlier. Jesse and Mellor. She's did been a great such a great addition great. to this She's family great. as well. I love Dion. Um, 
We just talked to Porter Moser. We're going to talk to Adam Delavitt, Ryan Cheverini. Mac was on earlier today. Peggy's going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, Carm, Waddle, Sylvie until 1. Then Cap and Hoodie are going to come in. I mean, Hoodie and J.D. did yeah, national shows together for many years. Uh, Freddie Hubner, 4 to 6. Black and Abdallah um, weren't even supposed to work, but they're like, yep, we're coming in 6 to 8 tonight. Black and Abdallah are going to be on. We've all known J.D. for, I mean, so long. And for me, Sylvie... Uh, Adam Delvid is going to call in a little bit. It's it's twenty plus years, a little over twenty years. I mean, Danny's been here since what oh five, I think. DZ got over here oh six. Merck uh, and you what since about oh seven, Tommy? Right? Shoot, I don't even know. Like I remember coming over right after the Bears Super Bowl. I think oh seven. I was yeah. sitting on a bus yeah. going from the hotel to the stadium uh, in uh, at Miami, sitting next to Adam Delvid. How about that? You know, obviously, I had known Adam for a long time, but, you know, that was... He was about to be your boss. Yeah, he was about to be my (laughs) boss. (laughs) Remember, Parker's Fund on GoFundMe. And uh, like I was saying, our buddy Joe from Obvious Shirts, I mean, he's the best. The shirts are great. We love them. It's the best shirt He's been so good. I mean, so good. Uh, And he's been great to us. The Sylvie Strong t-shirts a year and a half ago. He, out of the goodness of his heart, uh, made some shirts for us to go down to Tampa where we were trolling Tom Brady. And we knew... Tom Brady was going to kick our you-know-what's in, and he did, of course. But it was still fun wearing those shirts. It was great. And he has, don't forget the Team Mongo shirts, Team Mongo. Too. That's a great call, Sylvia. I have my Team Mongo shirt. Yeah. Um, Joe's been awesome to us, and he, just like that last night, the shirt's up. I know I um, liked it and retweeted it on, on my Twitter handle, but you can go to Obvious Shirts, and you can buy a shirt, and Joe's going to donate the proceeds to uh, the Parker uh, Fund on GoFundMe, which is up to... I, you know, we might as well say this too. I know uh, it, it's uh, it's scrolling on the page, and I think Schefter tweeted Jeffrey Lurie, um, owner of the Eagles, the owner of the Eagles, donated ten grand, ten thousand dollars. He donated this morning. Um, JD didn't cover the Eagles, no. but he was in that NFL family. I mean, that's really something. That two ninety five right now, two hundred ninety five thousand dollars. It's been it hasn't been twenty four hours, so that's tremendous. Do what you can, Parker's Fund, on GoFundMe, and again, we've all put that on social. And if you want one of those awesome obvious shirts. You get a great shirt, and the proceeds uh, will be going to Parker's Fund. I'm, I'm going to go buy one of those shirts for sure. All right, we'll take more calls. Peggy's gonna, Peggy Kaczynski, who's known J.D. forever, um, just like we have, and covered the Bears with J.D. for so long, is going to join us coming up next. ESPN 1000 remembers Jeff Dickerson. Join us all day for a celebration of our beloved teammate. Carmen and Waddle and Sylvie in our first Midwest Bank State Street studios with you on a tough day as uh, we mourn the loss of our great friend, our co-worker, our colleague, our man, J.D., Jeff Dickerson, passed away yesterday at the age of uh, 44 uh, following a battle with colon cancer. Remember to donate to Parker's Fund, his son's fund. Uh, Parker just turned 11, uh, I think the day before Thanksgiving. Might have been Thanksgiving Day, actually, this year. Uh, Parker turned 11. He's a great kid who we, you know, we've all had the pleasure of having uh, interactions with, experiences with. At, at the last Super Bowl party, we yeah. were uh, we were getting it on on the basketball court. Yep. With uh, with Parker and with with Randy's. I've, son I've got and, all the videos of great. Yeah. 
It's great. Me and Waddle being way too immature, as always. <laughs> I don't know. Video of, of Brett's friend basically breaking Waddle's Brent nose. Yeah. He broke his yeah. nose. Parker played on our team. It was yes. me, Waddle, and, right. and Parker against uh, Merck and son, Brett, and a couple of his buddies. Later that and night, we I actually had to shift a piece of my nose like back into line. Yeah. The best. That's what you do best, though. Yeah. You rearrange <laughs> your drink. bones. Yeah. Um, drink. Well, and you had a heater going. I had a heater during, going, too. During that game. Yeah. You know, and well, I can remember Merck and son. Oh, you did have a heater. That's right. It's like, okay, this what a horrible what a horrible example for the kids. I got a beer in one hand, a cigarette yeah. in the other, and I'm asking for the ball in the post. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Send it in. Send uh, it, it in. in. Come in right down down. <laughs> So Sylvie and I have been here together um, at this radio station for a little over 20 years. JD arrived here in uh, early 2001. That's how long we've known JD. Peggy Kaczynski, uh, who's one of the true luminaries and has uh, done it all just like J.D., TV, radio. I mean, uh, everything you can imagine in this business and covered the Bears forever. Not only knew J.D. here when he was young and just getting going, and Peggy worked with us here way back in the day, but spent so many years on the Bears beat um, with him, the city's most important sports beat, let's face it, and Peggy joins us now. Hey, Peg. Hey, guys. Um, man, I just I don't know how you're doing it. I am, um, I'm actually out of town, uh, with family and I listened online and, um, to be honest, I I just got so emotional, you know, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. We appreciate it. It's not hard to talk about someone you love. Uh, It it, it hurts at times, but it's like, I guess the good thing is all the fun stories we all have about him. Right. I mean, that kind (laughs) of, I mean, it's just. He was, it's it just, it was, it was one thing after another, you know, and we can just keep like spinning these stories or like spinning these <laughs> yarns about like interactions we had, his personality, the things he liked and didn't like and the way he was like, it's easy when it was someone like JD, I guess, cause he just had this infectious personality. So, all right. So I'll tell you, speaking of that, I had texted a couple of people and I said, you know, my mind is blank. I just. My mind went blank. I couldn't sleep all day. You know, yesterday, um, I just was in kind of that numb fog. And I texted people and I said, gosh, how come I can't remember a single J.D. story? And they all said the same thing. They said, well, it's because it was never about J.D. Mm. It was either about Parker, which you guys know. I would constantly send text messages or tweet more Parker stories, more Parker stories. When J.D. was on, I was like, screw the bears. I want to hear more about Parker. And then everybody said the same thing. And that was, oh, Oh, you got to talk about wine. You got to talk about yeah. you and JD and the wine. And one person brought up Manny's in Minnesota, the steakhouse that we would always go to for um, when the Bears were in Minnesota and the writers and the reporters, we would get together. And then, of course, there's St. Elmo's in Indy at the oh, Combine. Yeah. Um, and then JJ, Jeff Joniak, called me last night and um, says, oh man, that one time in Detroit, you and JD. And so I said, well, what did we do? He goes, you guys had the best wine. And I said, okay. So apparently, and this is very true, actually, JD and I shared a love of wine. And we would, when we would all go out, you know, uh, alligator arms for most of the other <laughs> yeah. sports writers. And so no one's going to order a nice The bottle. expensive bottle, right. <laughs> but I refused to drink anything cheap. And so I would always buy a nice bottle and then have them put it on a separate bill for me and then I have my husband pay for it. <laughs> so, but 
what we would argue about is, you know, and, and all the writers would always be like, I can't believe you guys are drinking that. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you ordered that. This is unbelievable. And one writer said to me, he goes, I remember Manny's in Minnesota. We all showed up, and you and J.D. were at the bar, and you were discussing which wine to order. And we were disagreeing because J.D. liked Pinot, mm. and I don't like Pinot. I am more of a Bordeaux person. So that would lean towards, you know, if they don't have Bordeaux, it would be California cabs, you know, mm-hmm. full-bodied cabs. And we would have these discussions. And I'd say, J.D., I'm, I'm not drinking that Pinot. And he goes, Peg, Peg. <laughs> it's wine. You're not going to turn down a good bottle. Are you? Are so you? him. And That's... I look at him and I go, yes, yes, I can so do great. that. And he's like, oh, Peg, so come great. on. That's, so yeah, so that's like for me. In fact, he know, was he was so inclusive, wasn't he? Like, oh. if the dinner dinner reservation, I, was, I heard Weeder talk about this today. If the dinner reservation was for six, he'd make it for nine yeah. in case others were around yeah, and true. didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah, yeah, and and when I was you know kind of early with hanging out with all the writers, because to be honest with you, the TV people didn't didn't do that. And But I wanted to hang with the writers because that's where I would learn as much as I could and hear all the scuttlebutt of what's going on because the beat people were more in tune than the TV people were with what was going on. So I wanted to start hanging out with the writers and going out places. And he always would say, yeah, Pat, come on, come along. And forever, yeah, I would be the only woman at, at, at dinner I had never been to St. Elmo's, and he's like, no, you got to come. And I said, oh, my God, it's impossible to get reservations there in Indianapolis. And he said, no, 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 you, we'll get you in, we'll get you in. Well, I walk in, there's like 25 people at the table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And it is so true. J.D. just included everybody. And he and I had a really special relationship mm-hmm. because <clears throat> in Hallis Hall, our pods, where we work in the media room, we backed up to each other. <clears throat> so I was at the end of a middle row, and he was like third or fourth pod in. And uh, so I would just swing my chair back and glide across over to him and ask him whenever I had a question. I'd be hmm. like, hey, what do you think about this or that? And you know, he'd tell me, or he'd turn over and look at me. He hears me recording my story, and he'd turn over and he'd shake his head no. Like, don't do it, Peg. Don't do it. They're going to be mad at you. They're going to be mad at you. So he and I were very much confidants. Uh, You know, we, of course, were, I mean, we're all working to beat each other out on stories, but he didn't care about that. He just didn't care. He would rather help make you better. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when I cared too much, he'd go, Peg. It's just a job. Yeah. It's just a job. And when I was considering retiring early, he was the only reporter that said to me, do it. Mm. Do it now. Go drink good wine. Yes. Go be with your family. He's like, I would do it in a second if I could. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, just we are really, I, I truly, you know, everyone says it was like a brother. You know, there's like, 15 years difference between us he truly was like a brother yeah. like a big was. like a big brother too you know peggy like because he had an older mentality he had an older yeah. perspective yeah yeah <laughs> kind of 
Are you saying he was kind of an old man yeah, in a, a young bit. man's body? <laughs> yeah. He was wise yeah. for his years. Yeah, he was yep. wise. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, I will say, no, he sometimes was a little bit more like an old man. Like when he started doing TV for ABC7 and for ESPN, I had to tell him that his, his, he needs to get a, a suit jacket that actually fits. You know, <laughs> yeah. because there is not a, a radio guy that has... A suit that actually fits. No, probably I mean, not. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and so you know, we would. I would give him a hard time about some of that stuff. But he was very wise. He was just always um, inclusive, yes. and you know, I, I mean, I'm saying the same thing everybody else said. It's just, it's. In fact, we. I think we came to the conclusion again. Despite his age, he was maybe the best role model most of us have come across, and yeah. how oh, he did especially things. Especially with Parker. Yeah. Oh well. No, okay. Every, you guys have all said it with Parker, right? But I'm going to tell you something as a husband. I One of my pet peeves is when people say, you know, oh, she wears the pants in that house. You know, it drives me crazy. I hate it. It's condescending to women. It's condescending to strong women. And I remember one day he was leaving Hallis Hall. And I looked at him. I said, what? I go, calling it early. He goes, Gotta go, Peg. When Caitlin says it's time to go, gotta go. She's the boss. She's the boss. And I started laughing. He goes, oh, no, no, no. I mean it. Like, she is the boss. Truly treated his wife with such respect that if she was a more dominant personality in that way, he let her be her. You know, it, it just, I was so impressed by that. It made me smile that he he had no shame. He'd say it all the time to people. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, she is definitely the boss in my house. And I just, that always made me smile because I thought that was super cool, not only as a role model for other men, but what a great role model for his son yeah. on how to treat, you know, a woman, your wife, yes. a relationship. Um, really, you know, and I'll just say this, um, I didn't know that Jeff was sick until last week, and um, I went to see him, and I yelled at him. <laughs> I said, I walked in, and he goes, Peg, and he goes, come here, give me a hug. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, and I just looked at him, and I said, what the? Mm. I, I go, you didn't tell me this? I go, you didn't tell me? He goes, Peg, I don't want you to worry. And that's just the guy he was. He knows I had, I've had issues in my past with losing family members. And, you know, he just he didn't want anyone to worry. And I am eternally grateful for the two guys on the beat who called me to let me know that J.D. was sick. Because I got to say goodbye. Mm, yeah. I got to say I love you. I gave him a hug. And that hug was one of the strongest hugs I've ever felt. And... um you know, I knew that was it. I knew that was going to be the last time I saw him, but I am eternally grateful. Peg, thanks. Um, love to Jason and the family, okay? You got it, guys. Love thanks, you, Sam. Yeah, Bye, Peg. Peggy. Peg. Peggy Kaczynski. Ryan Cheverini, um from ABC, you know, who started in sports and, of course, went on to great fame and success on Windy City Live and it goes way back with J.D., um, is going to join us. since I think Ryan's in the building, so he's going to jump in studio with us uh, for a few minutes coming up next.